You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos, part of the Stake in the Plains content network and the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed. Just a couple of casino caballeros talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro live from the Cardinal Sports Center studio. Welcome to the Gambling Gouchers. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson live in the Cardinal Sports Center studio where you can gear up for a World Series. We already have a comment on here. Go Diamondbacks. Uh, I mean, you need it. You need the uh, the fandom there. Bit, bit of a hole. I don't know if you're watching the game tonight, Grayson, but it's uh, 10 to 1. And you can gear up for a World Series victory at Cardinals Sports Center. I'm sure lots of people got uh, pieces to their Halloween costumes at Cardinals. You can gear up for basketball season at Cardinals. It's still football season if you need a red or black t-shirt or jacket. To go to the game in on Thursday, you can get it at Cardinals, Cardinals Sports Center. Right outside the loop live in Lubbock in person or online at mycardinalsports.com. Kyle, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's a good day. Go Rangers. Are you uh I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but are you are you a Halloween guy? Um I wasn't until I got together with my wife. She's really into Halloween, and I feel like couples' costumes, and now that we have a kid making some sort of combination of costumes with the three of us is a lot of fun. To me, that's more fun than, like, I would not really get dressed up and go solo if I was still single. But, yeah, we have a lot of fun doing it as a family. What was the costume this year, Tad asks? So my daughter is about one and a half, and she's learning animal noises. And according to her... 90% 90% of animals just growl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, birds probably, yeah. Birds say cheep, cheep, and cows moo. And so she loves to moo anytime she sees a cow. So we got her a cow outfit costume, and uh, she can't say trick or treat, so she just moos at people in our neighborhood. So she was a cow. I was a cowboy. My wife was a cowgirl. Nice. Doing a little yeah. angling. Do what? A little, little herding. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to be jumpy tonight. It's uh, ten to one, but the Rangers are still playing. Josh Young just made a web gym, but they called him safe at the at the first base. Mm. Barehanded. Uh, all right, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Do you want to do scheduling first, or do you want to do game first? We can we can do either. We can do both. Uh, two quick things. Okay. Josh Young last night in a three to one win made a bunch of great defensive plays. Yes. So sucks that that one didn't count, but he uh he was a big contributor last night and started off with a double and a single tonight. I think his postseason batting average is hovering right around three hundred. Yeah, him and uh, Simeon have a cycle today. Yeah. Anytime Trevor Simeon, Josh Young, and myself combined for the cycle, you know it's gonna be a good night for the Rangers. Yeah, Marcus Simeon. Yeah, Trevor Simeon. That's like the journeyman court. Why did I say Trevor Simeon? Because <laughs> uh, I had NFL on the brain. Yeah. Um, other thing. Hobbs, by the way. Real quick, we uh, 
we haven't recorded in a while because of our bye week. Last time we recorded, a lot has changed in terms of the Spitgate evidence. I feel like we should circle back to that, tie a bow on it before we yeah. probably never talk about it again. Uh, so I said, like if I was a juror and this was on trial, probably not enough evidence. And Joey said something similar. He was like, hey, look at the video and you tell me what you think as a reasonable person. And the only video that I was aware of at that time that I had seen anywhere was the after the extra point when Batty and York are kind of face-to-face and then Batty goes up to the ref. And I said on the podcast, I was like, it doesn't look like York lunges at him. You don't see any spit fly. So I was like, honestly, it, could it have happened? Yeah. I think I left it at I'm unsure, but I, I would not vote to convict if I were on a jury. Like, I think the next day, 20 different video angles came out of yeah. different sequences. It was like, oh, great. I wish we had this when we recorded last time. And before Joey was like, hey, guys, look at the video. Yeah. Um, the new angles to me make it very clear. York definitely spit at or toward um, Eddie Heckard in a totally different sequence. It was after Texas Tech's first drive when we fumbled in the red zone on fourth down. Uh, to me, that makes it, first off, that incident, plenty of evidence to say York spit, but it also makes it a lot more likely that Batty was not lying later in the game. Like if York did it 30 minutes prior, it's likely he did it again. So I, you know, using Joey's very same standard of evidence, like look at the video and then tell me what a reasonable person would conclude. Now that we have those new videos out, I think it is reasonable to conclude that York spit at at least one BYU player, probably two. Yeah. And deserve the ejection, deserves additional punishment, in my opinion. And maybe that's already been handled internally. Um, So that sucks. Like I at the game when they ejected him, I figured they had good evidence. And then on Twitter, I was like, well, maybe not. Now it's it was definitely a fair and just ejection. Uh, really embarrassing, honestly, for the program. Like, it's bad enough to start three and five and lose some of the gains you have in the fashion that you've lost them. But to have a player spitting at his opponent is, you know, it's just completely uh, unjustifiable. So I hope they're handling that internally. I hope they've, I'm sure they have seen all the same videos that everybody else has now that surfaced on Twitter. Um, but yeah, wanted to. I use this platform to say not guilty a week, week and a half ago when the evidence available is a little bit different. And so I feel like it's fair to use the same platform to say, yeah, he's 99% sure he's guilty and and deserves the punishment that's coming his way. And uh, that's something that you just can't tolerate. It's got to be cleaned up. Yeah. And I'm sure he's dragging hoses or flipping tires or whatever they do for punishment. Uh, I wouldn't care if he didn't play again this year. I mean, that is egregious. Yeah. And he definitely rears back and hawks a loogie um, in the clip that the BYU uh, person put out. Yeah, and the unfortunate part, like here's where I will defend Texas Tech, is like all the – I feel like I've defended Texas Tech nine times out of ten when I feel like we get unfairly thrown under the bus as a program or fan base. Like, oh, yeah, you know, they throw batteries, they beat up elderly women in the stands, and like you have to constantly – go on Twitter and be like, no, that's not true. Like I've been to 50 tech home games and that's never happened. Um, so this happens and they're like, well, yeah. And it happened last year against Ole Miss. Like just look at this Lane Kiffin interview. 
And like the casual observer is going to scroll past that on Twitter and be like, oh yeah, this must be a thing. It's like, no, Lane Kiffin um, at worst was proven to be lying after the game at best inconclusive, like never proved anything. And somebody surfaced this 2018 clip, like I guess back when Matt Wells was still the head or maybe even Cliff. Um, yeah, it was Tony a, Jones. Yeah, of a tech player kind of like lunging at an OU player. You don't see any spit in that clip, and they're like, yeah, like this is just a thing that tech players do. And I'm like, guys get in each other's face to talk trash all the time, and that might have been what's going on in the Tony Jones clip. But now the like BYU fans took hold of that. They're like, to their fans, that's three incidents over three different seasons, three different players. They're like, oh, yeah, that's just the kind of program they are. And so I hate that it – like you, you give them one valid example – and in their mind, it validates, in my opinion, inconclusive or incorrect examples. So it just it's really harmful to the reputation of the program, the fan base. And that's why I, I just hate that Jaden York did it. Allegedly. <laughs> I mean. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. All right, moving on. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to clear your clear your docket of? I think that's my confession for this week, Father. Two Hail Marys and a Texas Rangers grace. Yeah, maybe BYU would have beat Texas if they weren't so focused on Spitgate all week. That was kind of crazy. Like, we were on by, and so, you know, it's Twitter fodder. They were, like, talking about it on Thursday or Friday. I was like, don't you have a game tomorrow? Not that, like, fans on, on Twitter have to focus or anything, but it was like, you know, usually that's one of those things that lives on till the yeah. ensuing press conference, and then it's over by, like, Monday or Tuesday, but. That feels like a fan base. That that's going to be a thing for any year you ever play BYU. Go up and don't spit this year. Yeah. Oh, and oh, I guess one more thing. I think some like BYU dentist or chiropractor was tweeting about yeah. speaking, and like a few tech fans gave him like one star views. That that's just one of those like you need to turn your phone off and like kind of reevaluate life. Like go touch yeah. some grass. <laughs> you don't need to try to ruin this guy's business uh, because you're mad that he pulled the receipts and like proved that our guy actually did spit. Like it, it, to me, it's easy enough to just go, yeah, Jaden York was in the wrong. He shouldn't have done that. He should be punished and like move on with life. It's not like you're personally responsible for his actions. The Spitgate discourse on the day was very enthusiastic and spoke to how people consume media. Cause there were a lot of people talking about the TV video between Batty and York and half the people were talking about the, I guess the media video between York and Hecker. And they were talking about them like they were the same video. And it's just, it's like a game of telephone at that point on Twitter. And it was, it, the discourse was rough. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do Gouchers after dark because of the buy, but I just want to run through the results of last week to get your thoughts. Uh, Kansas over Oklahoma on uh, big noon kickoff. That was a great game, a huge win for Kansas. Like, who knows if and when they'll get to play OU again. That's the first time, I think, in my life, at least that I've been old enough to remember, that Kansas beat Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, makes the Big 12 title race very interesting. Now everybody has at least one loss. Um, yeah, and credit to Jason Bean. Like, I know he's not perfect. I know he's probably not as good as Jalen Daniels, but – He's been required to play a lot of snaps the last two years, and usually there's not much of a drop-off. Like, they still perform well and win games when he's in. So they're a scary offense. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that game in Lawrence. 
Uh, it's one you now probably need for bowl eligibility, but that's not going to be an easy task. And Lance Leipold uh, is probably that dude, and I kind of hope he leaves. Go Michigan State, yeah? Yeah. Please. Uh, yeah, and he threw uh, – talking about being through the late pick, the game is over. And then Jeff Lebby, you know, you can't get one first down. Dylan Gabriel threw it uh, 14 times before the final drive or something crazy like that. And he hadn't thrown it less than 25 times in a game this year. Just ridiculous. Somebody, I think it was, it might've been Evan Bear from uh, Between Two Bears, part of the Dave Campbell's Republic of Football podcast feed network. Or he might've been quoting somebody else. But somebody last year was like, Jeff Lebby's offense is great when they don't really need it. And it's terrible when they absolutely need it. Like, yeah. Getting out to, you know, a 38 to whatever lead is great, but they can't finish in the fourth quarter. Like between the 20s, it's great. That's like a prime example of that. It's like, hey, yeah. move the ball up and down the field all day. Get one first down. Nope, can't do it. Refuse. Uh, yeah, I thought that game was over at the pick. Ethan Downs got the pick. The defensive lineman, uh, it was not over. Uh, Houston, Kansas, this was the most uh, surprising result of the week. 41 to 0. 41 to 0. I mean, Kansas State is rolling. Kansas State's last three make you think that Stillwater was a, probably a pretty big anomaly. And Oklahoma State looks better than everybody thought they were when that game was being played, which I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, like if I'm power ranking today, the Big 12, Kansas State's probably number one based yeah. on like recent trajectory and everything. And they go into Austin. That game is major, major Big 12 title implications. If Texas loses that, uh, they would not have the tiebreaker against a two-loss OU or a two-loss Kansas State, and that's if they win out after losing to Kansas State. So the Wildcats could really put the horns on the ropes uh, if they can pull off the upset in Austin. Uh, West Virginia UCF, about what I thought it would be, maybe higher scoring than I thought it would be, but about the the uh, gap of score I thought it would be. I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't I don't dislike UCF fans as as much as others. I yeah, actually think I, they have some yeah. uh, redeeming qualities. I find them a little bit endearing at times, but probably not a better incoming fan base to be humbled in the way that they have in terms of. I think they really thought we're gonna go in and like run this thing, kind of like Utah fans in that respect. Uh huh. And to not have a win, hopefully, is a little bit humbling. Yeah, and hopefully they don't be chewing Lubbock to get there first because that would also suck. That would be pretty brutal. And I don't think they're bad. Like, I'm not trying to crap on them. They they recruit well. I've seen some, like, unhappiness with Malzahn. I don't know if they're going to upgrade over Malzahn. I don't think they should move off of him or anything. Um, no. But, yeah, they've, they've struggled a lot more. I thought they were the probably the best equipped newcomer. And none of the newcomers look terribly good to me. Uh, BYU is one win away from a bowl, but uh, yeah, all four. It's kind of like welcome to the show. Speaking of BYU, Texas over BYU, thirty-five to six. Uh, punt return and a couple of touchdowns there. It was never close, thirty-five to six. BYU's offense is just not good. I can't believe you lost to BYU. It still fires me up a little bit. Yeah, like you, I know you were. You had your hands tied with a true freshman making his first career start, but like I truly believe 20 points would have won that game. And 
had we played with that kind of mindset, being very strategic, then could have been done. Uh, Iowa State over Baylor, any surprise there, 30-18? Just the margin and how bad Baylor is at home. Um, they are so bad. I, I think they're maybe up to seven or eight straight losses against FBS opponents in Waco, something like that. I mean, you were there. It's not much of a home field advantage. No. Uh, and then the Ollie Gordon show, Oklahoma State against Cincinnati, 45-13. And uh, who was it? Oh, MJ Mahan on our last spaces talking about Alan Bowman leading the way. Alan Bowman looked good. Uh, Ollie Gordon looked better. And a couple of those throws that Alan Bowman made, I just giggle at. I just giggle. I don't know how they're winning, but they're winning, and they're playing good defense to boot. I mean, when he's at like five and a half yards per attempt, which is bad, and your running back is at nine and a half yards per carry, it's like, okay, he's he's the epitome of a bus driver. And they're winning. They're what, six and two? Yeah, uh, so, 8.4 yard average this game. Okay, yeah, so he was down a little bit from – yeah, um, hey, oh, awards. No, oh, okay. Oh, he worked on 10.8. <laughs> yeah, see, like, uh, usually quarterbacks have more yards per attempt than their running back has yards per carry. But uh, when you have a running back as good as Ollie Gordon, it's not as easy. I, I don't think awards are won in October, but if I was submitting a ballot right now for things like Big 12 Player of the Year, yes, Ollie Gordon. Yeah, and it's not particularly close. He has a thousand yards, and I didn't hear about him until like week five. Yeah, and they were you know, like some of the early games: South Alabama, Arizona State. They, it was kind of like a Taj situation. It was like, why aren't we feeding this guy the ball? Oklahoma State, man, I don't understand them. I, I don't understand their season at all, really. They lost to Iowa State. They they had so much downward momentum from the halfway point last year. Like they wanted their offensive coordinator gone. Their defensive coordinator left or was fired. I don't remember which. They lose a bunch of games to end the season. Everybody transfers. Like just a team with no positive momentum coming into the season. I mean, but they, they did return. Um some good players, Ollie Gordon, uh, Daniels on the defensive side of the ball. And they're making it work. Uh, I I think they have a shot in Bedlam this weekend. I guess I'll save that for the picks, but that's in Stillwater. And like, I think that's going to be a good game. You mentioned Kansas State as one in the power rankings. Do you slide Kansas over Oklahoma since they beat them, or is that a OU number two, Oklahoma State number three, Kansas, Texas? Four, probably, five. probably put Texas number two. I think yeah. Texas honestly kind of outplayed OU in a loss. Um, they beat Kansas. So that you're kind of with Texas, OU, and Kansas, you're kind of in that circle of one beat the other. Oklahoma State beat Kansas. So uh, we'll know a lot after Kansas State, Texas, and Bedlam. Like that's kind of the top four, in my opinion. I, I, I know Iowa State is a one loss team. I They're certainly way better than I thought they'd be. Uh, than pretty much everybody thought they'd be. I don't know if they're actually in the conversation there for Arlington. But we'll see. Hey, they've proven everybody wrong to this point, so maybe they 
keep it going. Jankowski almost just took out Simeon. I mean, he did take him out, but Simeon looks okay. Simeon running back for a foul ball. Mm. Jankowski slide tackles him, going out of bounds. Gosh, $500 million getting taken out. <laughs> um, all right. Lubbock, Yanero, can you all speak on the basketball exhibition on Sunday? We will on Sunday. We'll talk about that uh, on Sunday with a special guest. We'll uh, tease that there. Uh, we'll talk more basketball then, too. Special guest has already announced it on Twitter. Right. If you want to. Okay. Yeah, Ryan Mainville. He's back. Okay. I, would, I was just doing the tease, man. Gotcha. Uh, okay, TCU coming into town Thursday night. Uh, thoughts on a Thursday night game, Kyle? I know you don't like them. Yeah, which was Friday night. Friday would have been a lot better. I know you're a big uh, Friday night game guy. I mean, not necessarily. I Like in a vacuum, I don't care, but the Friday ratings are way better than Thursday. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Wouldn't put this on Twitter. But I'll say it here: the uh, Big Twelve on Big Twelve TV ratings this season not so great. Now, if you count like Coach Prime in Utah, there've been some good games. There've been a couple exceptions to the rule, but like your standard West Virginia, Baylor, Iowa State, Cincinnati type game is not doing so hot. And part of that is because like you don't have any ranked teams besides the two that are leaving. You know, like TCU pulled great ratings last year when they were in the top 15, top 10, top 5. So hope it corrects a little bit, but like Texas know you always get the Fox or the ABC spots. Everybody else is getting FS1 and ESPN2, and it's just not not been great so far. I hope to see that improve a little bit next year when we add the four new newcomers. Yeah. Uh, question here, why are we wearing black, red, black? Because it looks awesome. I like black, red, black. Do people think every night game is a blackout? Is this one a blackout? Uh, I think they said the last one to wear black. I don't, I don't know if anybody said wear black to this one. I haven't seen that. I mean, if I missed it, then I guess the red tops maybe doesn't make a lot of sense. But if they didn't announce it as a blackout, then like that's a very standard home uniform. I like black, red, black, and you're, that's like your best record that you have in a uniform. What kind of crowd do you expect? A bad one. Yeah. Thursday night, three and five. You haven't been good against TCU. I would like for people to care about TCU, but I just don't think people do. I mean, I have a different perspective on it now as somebody who has to drive four and a half hours to get there. Like using two days of vacation to go watch a three and five team. It, you know, I do not fault anybody with a job or a family for being like, you know what, I, that's, it's hard for me to make that work. And you have both. I have both. <laughs> but you're doing it. You're coming uh, down. I'll be there. Uh, you coming down on Wednesday night or you're just driving out Thursday? Thursday. Okay. Then uh, heading back Friday, you're going to make it a long weekend. I'll probably head back Friday. I would have come in Wednesday if Rahino was open on Wednesday. Well, you're in luck, Kyle, because they are open on Wednesdays. Oh. They're open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, Reunio Barbecue and Market. Uh, and they're actually open seven days a week in the market. Reunio Barbecue open 
five days a week in the restaurant area. You can go down there, order online even if you want to, to make sure you get it when you get there. But I say just go and order there. Uh, Get in line, take it all in, and uh, you'll be better for it. It's Rojino Barbecue. They also have uh, some specials they've been rolling out. That chicken fried steak special that looked really good this week. Some tacos. You can buy uh, house-made chips now at Rojino Barbecue. Get you some chips and salsa, house-made salsa, house-made chips. They're uh, doing it big at Rojino Barbecue. Follow them on social media at RojinoBBQ.com. I'm Homer. I know it's a little bit early for Festivus airing of grievances. Yeah. Can I air one? Yeah. Is it about me? So I don't want to hear it, but it's not about you. All right. Um, a lot of tech fans. Oh, like, I know we do the, it's all West Texas thing. And that's not really where I'm going with this. But, like, the trophy that we play TCU for every year literally says these three words on it, West Texas Championship. Yes. And you, when you refer to the game as that, people are like, Fort Worth isn't West Texas. I'm like, I'm not trying to give you a geography lesson, and I'm sure as hell not going to receive a geography lesson from you. The game is called the West Texas Championship. Yeah. Like, do you think any Wisconsinites are like, that's not actually Paul Bunyan's axe? Can y'all not just accept the name of the rivalry and like move on with your lives? So Cash big not actually iron. Big Mitch one zero eight two is coming at me on Twitter for Fort Worth is in West Texas. Like okay, one it is by the way, but even if it weren't, it still says that on the saddle. So yeah, and you know, in the history of Texas, you know the West, the gateway to the West, where the West begins. It's not just West Texas. It's, you know, the Western portion of America. Manifest destiny and all that. And America is Texas. That's true. All right. I'll save the rest for actual Festivus. Okay. Um, You know, we're rolling toward Festivus, by the way. It's November tomorrow. When you're listening to this, it's going to be November probably, unless you're listening live. Uh, that is crazy to me that it's already November. I mean, basketball season less than a week away or a week and a half away. Soccer's rolling. There's a mailbag question about soccer. Uh, we're in the we're in the Big Twelve Championship era. If you're a soccer fan, big times. Uh, all right. As far as the game goes, do you have any kind of? I mean, besides it being a must-win for bowl opportunities, is is this an important game for Texas Tech? Yeah, I think so. I think that there's very little that you can salvage from the season at this point. Like, even making a bowl at 6-6 and is a difficult task. And then if you get to a bowl game and, like, don't get a good matchup, you might not win it. So a winning season is even less likely. Um. But I think there's something to be said for kind of getting off of a losing streak with TCU. I think last time you beat him was on a Thursday night, actually, in 2018. And then uh, Wells lost to them all three years. And then Joey lost last year. Everybody lost to him last year in the regular season. So, yeah, like um, 
I don't think there's going to be a ton of positives to take away from this season when it's all said and done. But if bowl game or not, you look back and go, okay, we beat Houston, Baylor, and TCU. And you're sort of, you beat everybody else in Texas that's in the remaining Big 12. Maybe that's a small nail to hang your hat on, so to speak. So, yeah, I think that it's, I think any in-state game is important for like recruiting dynamics and just sort of, I remember talking about this with um, Shahan J. Raja on our preview episode that it's a zero-sum game. Like Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, Tech, and Houston can't all be good at the same time. You throw in like Arkansas or whoever else in there too. So like TCU sucking, Baylor sucking is good for Tech or at least presents an opportunity for Tech. And so this is just one game in the in the grand scheme of things. But I do think it is kind of important from some of those in-state dynamic perspectives. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think it's a really important game for everything you just outlined. I, I think it's more than just this season. Uh, you're 32 and 30 overall against TCU. You want to keep that lead. And you want to, you want this to be a, a rivalry, especially with Sonny and, and Joey. I mean, it just makes so much sense. And to kind of stumble out of the gate and lose two in a row to them, especially when they're bad, as bad as you are, um, theoretically, uh, that, that would that would be a tough blow, especially to drop to three and six. I mean, that, that with three games left, that that's that's tough. Yeah, if you lose this one, you're playing with some serious fire in terms of like worst season since blank territory. You went four and eight in 2014. And that was the worst season since um, maybe Jerry Moore. Did Spike Dykes ever go four wins? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, I do not want to be sitting here around Thanksgiving-ish and being like, well, is this going to be the worst season since the Jerry Moore era 40 years ago? I mean, think of the dichotomy of having the best season since and the worst season since back-to-back to open the Joey era. Yeah, especially with, like, okay, if Joey got here and it was like, hey, this thing is broken – we need a few years to get some guys in here. That's one thing. But when the expectations coming into this season was like, hey, we have a real shot at playing in Arlington the first weekend in December. And then we're like, hey, this might be the worst season in 35, 40 years. That is th- – this would be an interesting question to ask TCU fans. Like, who's having the more disappointing season? Because TCU coming off a national championship appearance probably thought they would be better. I know Tech thought we would be better. Um. But they they lost so many individual guys and like assistant coaches. I don't know if pound for pound like the expectations. I think they were similar to Tech, like they were picked almost identically to us in the Big Twelve media poll. But uh, you know, like I think fans of each team are probably going to say that their team is more disappointing naturally. Yeah. But I would like to poll like some Baylor and Oklahoma State, Texas fans, and be like, which one of these teams do you feel like missed the mark this season? Um, I guess to Sonny Dykes and TCU's credit, they weren't telling everybody how good they were. At least not in the same kind of explicit terms that we did. And uh, Not that we heard anyways. Right. So. I, I wasn't paying attention to Sonny as much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a big game just kind of like in a bilateral sense. Not really for – Tech's overall trajectory, not for Big 12 standings or anything like that, but just like you don't want to go five years without beating TCU. 
I don't want Joey and his assistants to have to sit in a recruit's living room and be like, yeah, you know, they got us the last two years, but uh, like, I know that they've got some tremendous buy-in from some prospects and everything, but still that's like, I want Joey to be sunny. Um, We'll say this. So you reminded me when you brought up the all-time record, I think a lot of tech fans and big 12 fans in general worry about like, is there going to be enough juice in some of these rivalries in the remaining big 12 your all-time record. I think now that you beat Baylor, I I'll need to fact check this or double check this. Your all-time record against Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State combined, I think is either exactly even wins and losses, or maybe one game below 500, where you're like 99 and 100 against those three teams combined, or something like that. So, like, if we're worried about, hey, there might not be matchups on the schedule every year that mean a lot, uh, I think there could be. Like, all time, we are we could not be more even with those three programs collectively. And, like, individually, all those series, I think, are within two games. So, uh, anyway, you saying that reminded me of that little tidbit. Um, but, yeah, you would love to be the leader in all three of those all-time series. Would love to be. Uh, Brock Burke making his debut after being called onto the uh, playoff roster once Max Scherzer went down. Never heard of that guy. Brock Burke, the lefty? Surprised it wasn't Matt Bush. Do you know Matt Bush was discovered uh, at a Golden Corral? Not a Bush's chicken. Not a Bush's chicken. Uh, how ready are y'all for Hudson and Hammond? I hope Hudson uh, stays committed. I think Houston is 500 win loss with Tech 2. Uh, no. It's it's tightened up. They still own the all-time series. I think it's maybe like 19 and 15 off the top of the dome. Let's see. I had it pulled up earlier. 18 and 16. Oh, that's closer than I thought. Okay, yeah. Uh, within, within two games. So, yeah, lump them in with those four and like you're maybe yeah. – Two games total, but below 500. That's much closer than I thought it was. I guess you've won three in a row, four in a row there. Well, way more than that, but recently. They definitely owned you during the Southwest Conference days. But since then, I think they've only beat you once since the Southwest Conference broke apart in 2009. Yeah. Five and oh since 17. Six and oh since 2010. 11 and 0 since 91. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Is it Bill Yeoman? <laughs> I think he had our Starter. number. Starter says I wrote him off too fast. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I should have believed. I should have believed. Uh, Brock Burke allowing base runners. It's it's 11 to 1. Leave him in. Um, all right. Uh, any, any, did you did you compile some stats? I know you're the stat guy for this game. Uh, generally, do you, do you have any bread or manna from heaven for us? It was funny. I look at those every week, like some per game and per play stats to see if either the two teams mirror each other, if there's a strength on strength kind of matchup, if there's a weakness on weakness or strength on weakness that either side could exploit. And like every single stat you can imagine, both teams are between like 50 something and 80 something, just like the definition of mid. And then where one of them is extremely bad, the other team is extremely bad at the opposite. And so like um, Texas Tech has one of the worst red zone defenses in the country. 
in terms of points allowed per uh, opponent trip to the red zone. TCU is like 100-something in scoring once they get to the red zone. So it's like uh, the teams really, they mirror each other so much it's kind of scary that it's like uh, neither one of them is particularly good at hardly anything. They're both like average in the same spots and they're both bad in the same spots. And so I think it's like a game of sort of avoiding mistakes. Like, can you avoid a red zone turnover? Can you not lose a turnover battle? Can you avoid penalties? Can you avoid negative plays? Can you avoid third and long? Um. So yeah, usually I feel like I'm able to find one or two strength on weakness type deals or strength on strength where something's got to give. But these teams like, and the stats aside, they're starting a guy who's making his, I think, third career start, Josh Hoover, a freshman. We're playing either Morton or Strong. So like either a somewhat hobbled sophomore who is more experienced than Hoover, but not terribly experienced, or Jake Strong in his third career game, second career start. And they they got both versions of Josh Hoover. Like his first game, tore it up. They destroyed BYU. Second game, did not play that well. They got beat by Kansas State pretty badly. So yeah, they didn't play at all. Yeah. And like I don't know which version we're gonna get. I, I honestly feel like anytime we've seen Baron Morton, healthy or not, second half against West Virginia is pretty rough from like a completion percentage standpoint. But he's taking care of the ball and like the offense overall seems more efficient when Morton is in the game. So if we get a good game from Morton and more of a comeback down to earth type game from Hoover, I think that Tech probably gets the advantage. Um, yeah, I think quarterback play overall, mostly like taking care of the ball, is going to be a huge factor in this game. Um, I will say this, like Tech fans, very disappointed in how the season is going, and it's very understandable why we feel that way. TCU is like, I don't, I don't want to say worse off, but almost bordering on like identity crisis levels of disappointment, like. Kansas State's All-American guard Cooper Beebe accused them of quitting and like not being invested in the outcome of that game during a blowout. That was awesome. Now, Tech hasn't, in my opinion, been like blown out this year. Kansas State definitely pulled away in the second half. BYU, the game didn't feel that close. You never really had a shot to win that game, but the margin was only 13. So, like, I don't know, as bad as we think it is, and maybe the bye week came at a great time for TCU to sort of hit the reset button on some of that. But at least I don't think our guys have been accused of giving up or not being invested in the outcome of the game. Um, and that's just one man's perception. Like that's Cooper Beebe's opinion of some of the guys he was facing off against. So we'll see, but that's another thing to consider in a three and five versus four and four matchup when both teams have underwhelmed in terms of their season goals and expectations. I think there is sort of this, give a shit factor that if either team doesn't really want to be there that bad, that could manifest itself in some big ways. And so certainly hope we don't see that from tech, but like how many three and five teams are coming out with their hair on fire, like doing anything to win the game? Probably not that many. So, and that's where I think it's on Joey to kind of, you know, set the energy. um, See if we can come out and play. Yeah, if you lay an egg against TCU in this spot on Thursday night, um, that's a tough scene. That is a tough scene. And I, 
I will say as much uh, if we come back on Sunday and you have laid an egg because that that is unforgivable in my opinion. If you get blown out by TCU, just un- flat out unforgivable. If you have a if you have a BYU performance at home on Thursday night against TCU, your peer, your 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 local rival, that that is that is something else, and I I will not be very happy. I will say one area. Um, our listeners are never going to guess where I'm going with this, but uh, TCU is not great at defending the run. They give up more than four yards per carry. I think they're 80 something nationally in uh, uh, yards per carry, you know, like defensively. We're at about 4.7 on the season, but that includes all the quarterback runs. I don't know what Taj is at, maybe five, five and a half on the season. So it's, it's another one of those. It's like, I don't, I, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt and say not every game, not every scenario is a run-the-ball kind of situation. But at least me looking at the numbers, I don't see any feasible way we don't hand the ball off to Tosh 20-plus times. And if he hits his capacity, our good friend Tech Hoops guy argued that we're using him just the right amount in terms of his EPA and Usage. I don't know how he determined that balance, but I, he's a smart guy, so I take him at his word that he thought that through. But if he's at his like max usage, then we need to find somebody else to run the ball. And like I know we can't really run the quarterback right now with how the depth is at that position. Like we need Valdez, we need Nehemiah Martinez. If toting the rock is working, we can't get away from it or can't go away from it. And TCU to this point has not demonstrated some great ability to keep somebody under four yards per carry. So like might not be sexy. You might have to grind it out a little bit, but like to me, this is a defense where Taj can get his, but you have to give him consistent opportunities for all 60 minutes. Yes. And again, it's not run the damn ball with Taj Brooks and only Taj Brooks. I hope you got, it's just run the damn ball. Find somebody and run the ball because you're way better at running the ball than you are throwing the ball around the yard. And like, be smart about it. Yeah. Okay. Like, it is a fair argument that in the second half in Morgantown, 24 carries was a lot. And like, having more than 24 carries in one half is that is a lot. Like, why did he only have three in the first half? Like, could he have toted it 20 times in the second half and 12 or 15 in the first half? Probably. Yeah. Could he? Could he have? you know, sustained one more carry to get seven total carries against Oregon, a game that you were losing by one point and had the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Again, like I'm not, I'm not going to argue with tech hoops guy. He's a really smart guy. He says that Taj's usage is, you know, basically ideal. Okay. But get Valdez some carries, get Nehemiah Martinez some carries. We didn't use any quarterback run game. When we had all of our quarterbacks healthy, we didn't use any quarterback run game against Wyoming until the very last possession of regulation. So it's not just run the ball and run the ball with everybody. It's like, let's do it consistently. Let's build things in the offense off of the run game. And let's not just abandon it uh, for self-inflicted purposes. World Series getting interesting. Uh, Rob, thoughts on Brock Burke? He has not been good. Uh, he, I think he might have gotten one out. I don't know if Stratton came in and got an out, but it's bases loaded. No runs in, but bases loaded here. 11 to one in the bottom of the eighth. One out. Oh, we're, f- we're fine. 
We're fine. We'll see what Tommy Pham does. He's at the plate. Foul ball. Um, go ahead. If the, if the Rangers do win the World Series, I don't want to jinx it, but if they do win, they go to Disney World. You think they'll spend some of the offseason just like relaxing and fishing or something? Yeah, they might uh, They might fish in the Gulf of Texas. And if they do, they should go to Reckham Outdoors, reckhamoutdoors.com. Reckham Outdoors on Instagram if you want to see some fish picks. I'm a big fish pick guy. Uh, all kinds of fish there at Legendary Baffin Bay. And you're not just sitting in a boat or sitting on the coastline on the beach. You are wading into the Baffin Bay. You're in the water, wade fishing, Reckham Outdoors. Recommoutdoors.com. Go uh, find Captain Preston Long. Full count, Tommy Pham. Uh, question earlier, what was the... What championships have you seen in person? Let's see. This was a fun question. Thinking of Game 6 Rangers possibilities, what live championships have you attended in any sport? Uh, I've I've never been to a championship game. You've, you went to... Uh, Minneapolis. I was there. Is that the is that the only one you've been to, or have you been to some others? It's definitely the only collegiate championship game I've been to. Um, Will you be at Texas Tech Super Bowl on Thursday? True. Yeah. No, I've actually yeah, I've attended a lot of Texas Tech Super Bowls. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the only like national championship or professional championship I've attended um my fifth grade basketball team won the like you know city league championship i was there because i was on the team so yeah well i was present for a state championship in high school we went 13 and 0 i played middle linebacker on the final play of the game because i they sent me in late and the middle linebacker stepped up to defensive tackle and i just ran into the middle linebacker you at middle linebacker kind of reminds me of like Zeke at center on the last play of the Cowboys season last year. It was year. exactly that. Yeah. I would love to see the two of you Yeah. go at it. Yeah. It was exactly that. Uh, Tommy Pham flied out right field to Jankowski. I went to a uh, John Mayer concert on Saturday. It's 11 to 5. No way. <laughs> yeah. I thought that fly out ended the inning. No. Oh, crap. Yeah. 11 to 5. Who was that? Is that Moreno? Oh, Guriel. Lourdes, his dad is the Babe Ruth of Cuba. Ship. Okay. Do you want to do a mailbag? I'm getting tense over here, man. Yeah, are we are we not going to talk about the John Mayer concert? Oh yeah, you were trying to. What was your yeah. favorite song? Um, so it was a it was a solo set. It's literally just John Mayer, most of it oh, just an acoustic guitar. Um, did a little bit of piano, a little bit of harmonica. He's a uh, he's an actual musician who can play multiple instruments, not just like a, you know, pop, like a boy band or whatever um so that was impressive um so this was funny he walks out 
doesn't say like, hey, what's up, Dallas? Good to be here. Just starts playing and it's slow dancing in a burning room. And when he gets to the bridge, you know, go cry about it. My wife like turns to me and starts laughing because she knows I've memed that on Twitter before. Are we out of the inning? Yeah. Sweet. Uh, so that was funny. And then it was also funny. He did uh, – well, how am I blanking on this? Oh, your body is a wonderland. And he like joked with the guys. He was like, guys, like, don't worry. It's a short song. I'll let you know when it's halfway over. And sure enough, like in the middle of the song, he was like halfway there guys. And like kept playing, but probably the best song was edge of desire. He did like this uh, really huge guitar riff. It was like a cool light show. Um, I didn't really think much of that song. I mean, I'd heard it before, but after he performed it live, like that was like, it's pretty pretty incredible stuff. Um, so it kind of made me like the song more after the concert. Felt like I was living real big city life. We took public transportation. We drove a train there and back. Nice. A little bit different for. You just park in a parking lot and get on a train or. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I'm a like big head nose, big city boy. So I, I have a parking spot downtown where I work that I can access 24 seven. So we park there and then the train goes from downtown like right to the front doorstep of the American Airlines Center. Uh, so it was 12 bucks round trip for the for the train. And an Uber after the concert would have cost $160 to get me back to downtown Fort Worth. So glad we uh, took the last train home, as it were. How long of a train ride is that? Uh, it's about 45 minutes. Yeah, depending on traffic, probably about the same as driving it, honestly. The only train I've ever taken to a sporting event, speaking of big cities in Chicago, was to Wrigley Field. You do, you roll up on the L train right up to the, the front door. Yeah. I, I feel like Fort Worth and Dallas have it mostly figured out. Like there's obviously a stop for the airport and then like American Airlines Center. They need something that like loops to Arlington for the Rangers yeah. Stadium, Cowboys yeah. Stadium. I, they, how do they not have that? I don't know. Like Six Flags is also right there. Like they could, I don't know. That, that's like my one beef with the train system in, in DFW. But it's like it's like $2.50 for me to go to the airport and not have to Uber, not have to pay for parking. It's great. Uh, that, that was my first time using it to get to Dallas. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Big Ken says, did you have to turn in your man card when you went into the arena or did you have to leave it at home? So this is also funny. Um because it was my first time taking the train to Dallas, I wanted to be really careful that we got on the right train, obviously. We get to the train station. There's three couples, like, the exact same age as me and my wife. This is another thing. Like, before we even left the house, I was like, I don't go to a lot of concerts. And so I asked my wife, I was like, Dude, is this what you wear to a concert? She was like, yeah, you look fine. And I could just, like, tell by looking at these three couples. I was like, they're all going to the John Mayer concert. And, like, sure enough, they're like, hey, do you know which train goes to Dallas? I was like, no, but, like, are you going to the John Mayer concert? And he was like, yeah. It's like, okay, well, we can, like, we'll figure this out together. So actually, the demographics of the concert, a lot of couples roughly our age. So, no, I don't feel like I had to turn in my man card. Seeger double to lead off the inning. That guy is amazing. Yeah. By the way, Mateo, I am locked into Kyle's stories. I'm listening. <laughs> there was a moment when I wasn't earlier, but I'm locked in. The uh, the game one Seager home run. I watched a replay of that like fifty times. Yes, where he's screaming as soon as it leaves the bat. Yes, he just like slaps it and he's like, ah, 
and then halfway down the first baseline, he's like back to robotic Corey Seager. Would you would you get in the pool at uh, the Diamondbacks field? No, no. Are you a public pool guy? Doesn't seem like you are. It, like a in a controlled environment, kind of like our neighborhood has a pool. That's I feel okay in that because like it's my neighbors, it's it's clean. Would I go to like a giant city pool in a major metro area? No, probably not. What about like a hotel? No. Jumping in the water. No. no, I used to do that kind of thing, but no. I might get into the hot tub, but that's probably even more uh, just you, you, it doesn't get hot enough to kill the bacteria. It's just cooking in there like a Petri dish. Yeah. And if I get in, I'm not I'm not totally submerging. Like I might get into the waste, but yeah. I'm not putting my face underwater in a public pool like that. Your your orifices in the in the water. Did not think the word orifices would be featured in this episode. Hey, uh, word of the day. I had to work it in. Uh, Big Hen definitely is a pool guy. 100% get in the pool. Uh, Mateo says no pool. Comment uh, if you would get in the pool in the comment section. Mitch Garber out. Um, I don't think I can read that comment, Mateo. Apparently, orifices is a fluids mechanics uh, word. I did not know that. Going to the bullpen again. Um, I am so distracted right now. Do you want to do a mailbag? Are you done with John Mayer? Yeah, let's do the mailbag. Uh, start bench cut. These pools, Diamondbacks, Marlins, Jaguars. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Start the Marlins. Bench the Diamondbacks. You got to cut Duval County there. That's... That I don't think so. I would start the the uh, the Rough Riders. Um, what is it? Uh, Lazy River. Yeah, don't they have Lazy River? I haven't been since they built it. I think I would start the City of Lubbock pool on Fortieth and Avenue P over Closed. the Jaguars pool. <laughs> Closed. God, I think all the pools in Lubbock were closed this year. Man, maybe maybe Maxi was open. Maybe they finally opened one of them. We had a little local pool uh, on 29th in Chicago. Uh, the butterfly pool. What was that called? Something. Anyways. You've got mail. Mail time. found these in my mailbag. Well, it's time to reach into the old mailbag here. Enjoy reading the fan mail. Don't read it all at once. Any mail for me? You don't have a tic-tac, do you? Do I get any mail? No. Why not, honey? Uh, the seahorse pool. Apparently that's the one on uh, Chicago and 35th. Yeah, 35th, what it, what it was. Seahorse. Okay. Let's see. Uh, which one are you taking if you get to take one? A women's national title in soccer or the football team wins out this season? Football or football? Here's the situation. Yeah? I would rather have the soccer natty, but... 
I think they could at least get reasonably close without my divine interference. So I'm going to use that up on the football team. And I think football can still make an amazing run on their own. And I'm going to try to have my cake and eat it too there. I would take the national championship. It's fair. I, I cannot fault you for that. I mean, you're what, – what, what are we doing? Winning out for seven and five. Yeah, you keep Texas out of the Big 12 championship game. You get off the snide against yeah. TCU. Kansas State might do that. You, uh, you know, bowl game, you could match last year. You could finish eight and five again. Yeah. And, Give like, salvage a lot of this. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. Uh, I think we've answered this one a couple of times. Wide receivers, personnel problem or scheme problem? Yes. Yes. What would be the pros and cons of having Kitley in the coach's box? I think there's plenty of pros. Um, I don't know of the cons besides he he can't see the whole field. He, he doesn't know what's going on during the game. But allegedly somebody's up there telling him what's going on. Yeah, I think the pro is that it maybe, I mean, it literally offers another vantage point, but maybe gives him – perspective in a more metaphorical sense that allows him to progress as an offensive coordinator. Um, circling back to the last question about football versus soccer, Big Hen is framing this seven and five is literally, literally our ceiling. Yeah, You could finish with a six and three conference record if you want out. And that has not been done since 2008. You have not finished with a better conference record than that. Maybe something to chew on. Evan Carter just got hit in the hand. Looked like he hit the bat, but it grazed off his fingers too, apparently. Uh, have you ever eaten so many shrimp you got iodine poisoning? No. I'll tell you what. This could be a maybe for me. I ate shrimp one time from Costco frozen shrimp and thought I had food poisoning, but maybe I just had iodine poisoning. It was the worst sick I've ever been in my adult life. I had to get like seven blankets because I was having such deep chills. Um, So either I had the worst food poisoning I've ever had or iodine poisoning. I I don't know. I don't know what it was. Uh, Favorite moment from King of the Hill. Are we in the trust tree right now? Uh-oh. You've never seen it? I've, like, seen clips. I don't think I've ever seen an episode start to finish of King of the Hill. Oh, man. I would say the pocket sand bit is probably my favorite. I I do that in my regular life. I don't actually have sand I carry around, but I have fake pocket sanded people in my life. Um, I rewatched through King of the Hill recently, but I stopped midway through. Um, I need to get back into it and finish it out. I think we just got a double play to end the inning. Bottom of the ninth coming up. Let's go. 11 to five. Uh, should Kyle be hired on to be a run game analyst? an emergency quarterback for Texas Tech. I tell you what, 
Um, I don't know about that. Here's what I do know. And we can put an asterisk next to this because we were up in altitude, 7,220 feet to be exact. I did throw a ball about 55 yards in the indoor practice facility at the University of Wyoming. Was it in shoulder pads? No. Was it with a defensive end barreling down on me? No. Could I whip it out to the sideline on a bubble screen? Yeah. I don't like that phrasing. Whip it out? Whip it out, yeah. Don't like that. Uh, There was a question floating around a couple of weeks ago in NFL circles. Could Could a regular human being go and be an NFL quarterback and be better than the worst quarterback performance ever? Which is like three for 21 or something crazy. For like four yards, do you think you could replicate the worst quarterback performance in college football history? Could you beat Jack Jackson Tyner? Could you beat Jackson Tyner's start against Oklahoma? Didn't Nathan Peterman have like four interceptions in one half? Yeah. So I'll 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 say yes with a couple of caveats. I would need to be like in a red jersey, like you know playing the game. Otherwise, you know, like just the way it's played, but no, like, like one hit from Tyree Wilson and I'm literally deceased. So no, in that respect, do I have the arm talent? Absolutely. And I'm not even saying that like in a arrogant, like, Oh, I can beat a bear in a fight kind of weird. Like I can actually throw the ball on a rope, a pretty good distance. I can throw it with some touch. So yeah, like some, especially some of the passes that these guys are asked to make that are like literally behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I can I mean, you watch an Alan Bowman game and you think you could do that. I mean, I mean, I don't know if like literally, but, but yeah, like if you took a lot of the reads out of it and just said like, Hey, throw a jump ball to Jerome Bradley. Like I could do that pretty far down the field, honestly. And I could put some good touch on it. Like give him a true 50, 50 ball. I can throw all those behind the line. Um, now like the Donovan throw that he was so good at, 20 yards down the field from one hash to the opposite side. I cannot make that. Like the timing would be too difficult for me. That takes a lot of arm strength. Uh, But yeah, like even some stuff up the seam, like some pop passes to like tight ends or whatever, I could hit those. And I can throw on the, I can throw on the run pretty well too. If we're doing like some sprint out stuff, Okay. anything like shallow or intermediate on the run, I, I can do that. So if you had 20 pass attempts, you would finish with positive yards and more completions than interceptions. Yeah. You're calling the game. Yeah. Yeah. If you give me like my high school playbook and I could rep it with the guys for a little bit in practice and like we had a limited playbook, just like some basic concepts, like worst I would do, I was a pretty good decision maker. So like I didn't throw a lot of interceptions. Like I'll just throw it out of bounds if it's not there, or check it down, run for three yards. But again, like this has to be non-contact because if. Can you slide? I was about to ask. Yeah, like if Jalen Hutchings lands on me, like my career and my life are over. So like that part needs to be removed from the equation. I'm just talking about the arm talent. Yeah. Um, has Kyle had ice cream withdrawals yet? I mean, kind of, yeah. Like I said, that was the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. And I have finished off an entire uh, tub of Bluebell, half gallon, since I got back uh a little more than a week ago. So, yeah. 
Cookie two-step. Great divide. Great divide. Oh, yeah. I forgot you're a great divide guy. Yeah. Great divide. Oh, man. Uh, if Texas Tech were to have a had a healthy quarterback for the entirety of every season since Mahomes, what would Tech's winning percentage be since 2016? The exact same. Would be the exact same. I mean, because because you're telling me there's drop off. When has there been true drop off besides maybe to Jake Strong? I remember in 2020, Alan Bowman and Henry Columbi took an eerily similar number of reps, and their yards per attempt were yeah. I, like so identical that one of them was like 72nd nationally. And the other was 73rd nationally. Like they could not have been closer. And Duffy and Bowman were the exact same too. Yep. I mean, so well, I that's just like one year, but I remember doing quarterback A, B stuff for both of those seasons, and it's like it's the same guy. Yeah. Like there are years where I, I think there's some quarterback discourse to be had. And I know fans always do that no matter what. But those years it was so pointless. It was like it it literally does not matter which of these three guys you put out there, it will be the exact same result. And and maybe you're better just because you have one guy and and he's consistent. But yeah, I, like I don't think you're winning any of those games last year that you lost with a different quarterback. Maybe if Morton's healthy the entire TCU game, you beat TCU. Maybe. But that yeah. pick six for Cincy State was pretty pretty rough. Yeah, but you've seen pick sixes from Shuck, and uh, of course Morton's not throwing one, knock on wood, but uh, bigger win during game one of the World Series, Rob hitting his parlay or the Rangers winning the game? That was a big time parlay. Explain what you what you did there. Yeah, it's called prize picks, no free ads, uh, but it was a six-leg parlay with player props and Kyle you 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 know bought onto the uh, strategy there I always pick games I can go over on or props I can go over on I always hit the overs and I was six for six with a pretty good spread there did you lay down 10 to win 500 20 okay 20 to win 500 yeah I wasn't gonna yeah. say that part but that, pretty good uh, sorry was I not supposed to say that that's all right I already cashed out okay Keep it pretty pretty lean in there. Um, let's see. If you had Bigfoot on your baseball team, would you have him pitch or field? Um, I would have him pinch hit and lean in a little bit. That's a big it's a big frame. You can take one for the team and get on base. You don't think with that wingspan he has some Randy Johnson esque? Oh, did you see the Halloween costume with Randy Johnson? Yeah, that was brilliant. Elite. It was Randy Johnson and like a blown apart bird. Did you see the guy in his living room with the Scott Stapp Cowboys jersey and yes. it was like his girlfriend or wife in the white sheet? That was great. Yeah. They did that on the Pat McAfee show today. Okay. Yeah. They had a guy running around with like a curtain rod and some curtains. Can I talk about that for a second? The whole Creed and Rangers thing? Sure. So like all 100% fessed up to being a bandwagon Rangers fan. I like didn't really start rooting for them until... I moved here. 
but one, just how good they've been has really endeared me to them. But more than anything, their affiliation now with Creed, which is a band that I've liked for more than 20 years. Like even when they became not cool, like Nickelback, I still have sort of a guilty pleasure that I enjoy listening to Creed. I've seen some of the social media content with Creed and like their interviews about the Rangers playing their music and stuff. I don't think those guys are like in on the joke. No. They, they legitimately think that like Kirk Cousins and the Rangers are inspired by their music. They think that that halftime performance is. I don't think Kirk is in on the joke either. I don't know. He is to a greater extent than Scott Stapp is. Maybe. But like I almost feel bad for these guys. They're like doing these interviews like, man, it's so cool to see our music still resonating 20 years later. And I'm like, they're making fun of you. Yeah. And like, I don't, I legitimately think they don't realize it, um, which ignorance is bliss. They're going to Dallas in September. Creed is. I might go see him. Yeah. Did you see the lineup? Yeah. They're with uh, Switchfoot and Finger 11. Oh, in Dallas? Yeah. They have Creed different has- openers. At you different don't get Daughtry. I don't get Daughtry. Damn. I'm going home to the place where I'm below. Uh, one of the greatest American idols of all time, by the way. Chris and he got like sixth place or something? Third, yeah. Oh, I thought he like wasn't even no. close. Third behind uh, 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 McPhee. Catherine McPhee? Catherine McPhee and the the old Joe Cocker guy, who what? I think was in that season. He had like gray hair, but he was young, and he like acted oh. like Joe Cocker. Well, he won. Um, yeah. Taylor. Taylor. Gosh, I didn't know you were, I didn't know you were an American Idol guy. Yeah, he was from like Mississippi. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God, he, what was his last he name? Like Joe Cocker. Oh, this is gonna kill me, Taylor. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I remember – you remember the controversy from that season. Everybody thought Chris Daughtry was through, and so they yeah. voted for their second favorite, and he yes. didn't get enough votes. Yeah. God, Taylor. This is going to kill me. I, I'm going to look it up. Somebody's going to hit it in the comments, and I'm – God dang it. Yeah, he was like 29 with gray hair. Season five. Uh, let's see. Taylor Lautner or something. <laughs> Hicks. Okay, that wasn't. Taylor Hicks. Wasn't what I was thinking. Yeah, I wouldn't know. have guessed that. And Daughtry got fourth. Behind Elliot Yamin. Elliot Yamin. He was also Catherine, good. Catherine McPhee and Taylor Hicks. Yeah, Elliot Yamin, he had a couple bangers. He had some bops. Uh, what was that one song he had? Wait for You. Yes. Yeah. Been a long time since you oh, called yeah. me. Did you forget about me? You gotta be feeling crazy. I did not know you were an American Idol guy. What will it take to make you come back? Yeah. Yeah, I like Elliot. That was a honestly the two people who made the finals were not as good as third and fourth place that season. No, no. Give no, me Daughtry and no. Elliot Yamin over those other two yeah. any day. 
So who's your favorite American Idol? I don't know. Uh, do you remember Bo Bice? Bo Bice, yeah. He got. He was. I think he was Carrie Underwood's runner-up. Yeah. You remember Justin Guarini? No, oh, yeah, the original, second place. Uh yeah, to Fort Worth's very own Kelly Clarkson. Um, who are some other? Oh, Sanjaya. So what a what an epic. Uh, My dude, Sanjaya. Pop culture there. Oh man, who are some others? I remember Ruben stuttered. I thought he would blow up Fantasia Barino. Are we up 3-1? Well, we went to commercial. There was two outs the last time I looked over there. So I am I think we're 3-1. Let's go. Yeah, Ruben stuttered. Clay Aiken. Clay Aiken. David uh, Archuleta. Yeah. Who's a Lambert? Adam Lampert. Adam Lambert. Thought yeah. he was going to oh. blow up. He did. He's with uh, Queen. He tours with Queen. Really? He's the front man for Queen, yeah. Um, I, I say really like I wasn't aware of that. Not that that information necessarily surprises me. No, um, no, that's not a surprise, yeah. Who are some other like uh, – do you remember Constantine Maroulis? Oh, yeah. Constantine. He did uh, – he was on Broadway for a while after American Idol. I used to love on a YouTube watching like compilation videos of the worst tryouts ever. Yeah. Those were funny. Well, that used to be like William Hong, baby. Yeah. She, she bang. bang. She, she bang. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently it was a pitching change. LeClerc is coming in for the last out. Runners on second and third, two outs. You'll trade a run for an out here. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you don't care about either of the runs. Yeah. It's just 11 to you, five. Just using the baseball cliche there. Uh, pants on the ground. Yeah. Pants on the ground. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the, the heyday of American Idol was good television. It was. I think social media kind of took away from it. Yeah. Once that sort of got rolling. I've not, uh, I didn't watch any of the American Idol. Uh, last season, and I've I've haven't watched it in five or six years, probably. I haven't seen American Idol probably since I was in middle school. Yeah. Well, it was a nice uh, rundown memory lane. I don't think anybody's still listening, but yeah, they're like, "Where the hell's the TCU preview?" Somebody asked us to talk about Rangers earlier. So, her, Jose Leclerc in back to back. Jose Leclerc is scary. Back to back to back, Jose Leclerc is even scarier. So, I hope it's another big win tomorrow, or you just lose tomorrow and win in uh, Texas. Outside, low and away. Is Texas Tech a basketball school? Lots of uh, um, astronaut emojis below it. Can I ask a reasonable question about that? Sure. Is anywhere a basketball school? Maybe Kansas. For sure, Kansas. How many people go to a Kansas football game nowadays? Well, they sold out a couple last year, but I don't I don't know. How many people go to a Kentucky football game? No idea. I think it's like sixty thousand. Yeah. Well, the rough arena is not sixty thousand. Right. Did you see Nebraska sell out a uh volleyball game yeah outside 
where I'm going with that is there's a reason why the basketball arenas in this country are not as big. It's we're a football country. Yeah. Well, so yeah, if any school had higher demand for basketball than they do football, I might be open to it, but I think everywhere it's a football school because we're a football country. I think Kansas is a, is a basketball school. Now, like Gonzaga, they don't have a football team, so they're a basketball school. Three-run bomb? Two-run single, 11-7. to Okay, I'm a little bit nervous right now. Yeah. And that was, who's that, Moreno? Ooh, on a slide piece. What a piece of hitting. What a good hit. Just getting bad on ball. You can still trade a run for an out here, so no worries. Yeah. Just trying to get anything on the ground. If I mean, football were a TV show, I would not like it. I wonder what the highest rated NBA Finals game ever is and how many playoff NFL games rated higher than that, like Super Bowl or not. Say that one more time. Like, obviously, the Super Bowl is the most watched thing on TV every year, but I wonder how many playoff NFL games rate higher than the highest ever NBA Finals game. Yeah. Like a Lakers-Celtics game seven is probably like an NFL wildcard weekend. I'm seeing that uh, this is from Buffalo Godzilla. They changed the venue from Round Rock to UT's home field tomorrow, and you play Texas in the Big 12 championship tomorrow. That's... That's some bullshit, if that's true. That's sus, as the kids would say. That'd be like moving the Big 12 baseball tournament from Globe Life to TCU's stadium if they were playing in it. Lupton. 2-2. Who is Kyle's pick for NASCAR championship next week in Phoenix? Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, or William Byron? Those um, I don't, are not real drivers. Yeah, they are. William Byron, never heard of him. Yeah, he, he's young. He's fairly new. This is maybe his fourth year in Cup. Final out? Foul out. Let's go. Uh, Woo, 11-7 to 7 after a 10-0 start. <laughs> Big Hen is my date to the football game on Thursday and I I told him I was like you and I are gonna be celebrating Rangers in five. So I'm I'm manifesting that. Um so Kyle Larson has already won a championship controversial figure for good reason. Christopher Bell I just have absolutely zero feelings toward. So I would prefer to see Ryan Blaney or William Byron win it. I'm I don't have like a driver that I root for. I have like a group of guys that I'm kind of cool with and both of them fall into that category. So I'd, I'm rooting for probably Blaney if I had to really choose, but either Blaney or, or Byron would be good in my book. Sorry, I had to get a tweet on. Uh, Rob spoiled the entire ninth inning for me. Just glad it was good news in the end. Sorry. I've been behind everyone all, all week. I don't know why I'm ahead on this uh, stream, but Texas leads 3-1. Oh, man, my chest was getting tight there at the end. 
Uh, I'm still reading questions, aren't I? I didn't listen to anything you said about the NASCAR. Do we need to rehash that or? Okay. You don't care, so it's fine. And I, I don't fault you for not caring. Uh, who scores more? Go ahead. Eovaldi tomorrow, it's over. Stop, Kyle. Just saying. Stop. Ranges in five. Can you take me higher? I mean, if it's if it's seven to four in the seventh inning, I want Jordan Montgomery to pitch three innings. <laughs> I just want it to be over. Uh, with Scherzer out, if you okay, here's what. Do you galaxy brain this and save Ivaldi for game six or seven? No, you pitch him tomorrow. Like you're toast. You don't have Scherzer. Like you're toast if if you lose that start. Game six, you have Montgomery in uh, Arlington. Is that okay? Yeah, he's been he's been nails in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Jo- Josh Young pitched a little bit in college. He did. He has an cost, infinity. Cost us an outright Big Twelve championship. But Kyle, uh, does your wife not listen to you like Rob? Who listens more, uh, your wife or me? Uh, my, my wife is a good listener. Um, I get unfairly frustrated at her sometimes when she asks me about tech sports. Cause I'm like, you know, Hey, I take several hours away from you every week to go record a podcast. And like, you can get my thoughts there. We're on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, so like, who's the starting quarterback this week? And I'm like, well, it's like Baron Morton is questionable. So it might be that like, we covered all this. And so I'm like, listen to my podcast, you know? She does, though, right? Yeah, she does. She's great. Uh, that wasn't a clincher, but I was clinched. <laughs> clincher, great song. Who scores more, Pop Isaacs or Texas Tech football against TCU? Pop Isaacs with the 30-piece. Uh, I'm taking Pop. Pop, Pop. I think this is a game played in the 20s. So I'll give the nod to Pop. Was that a quad one win? Yeah. Uh, not officially because there's no net rankings yet, but when net comes out, A&M will be high enough that a neutral side win over them would be quad one. Uh, which Picador is more psycho than Max Scherzer? The emoji seem to favor Mateo Nomeo. I have a I have a thought here, but I'm not sure if it would be well received. Okay. That's my favorite kind of thought. I don't want to offend anybody. I think you should take a stab. Kind of going outside the box a little bit, a little bit of a curveball here. And I'll preface it by saying I don't necessarily mean psycho in a bad way. I think the in the context, psycho is a good thing. Okay. Give me uh Give me Mean Mac. You know, I felt uh, I was I was wrong. I should have had her on my uh, Family Feud team. I feel like she'd be a good Family Feud player. I think so, too. I think we whiffed on uh, not picking her. She's good at the one-liners. She's a good caption writer. I feel like she'd be good at uh, Family Feud. Uh, my dad chimes in. Uh, last two innings were nervous. Your dad is very straightforward in his analysis. He says, last two innings, a little scary. <laughs> Why use mini word when you word work? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, 
You should just respond, hope Rangers win tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know what just happened in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, I had a stroke. Have you ever uh, popped champagne? No. I, uh, I, maybe once. Yeah. yeah, I have. I have. Like for an, for an occasion? Was it your wedding yeah. or something? Yeah, not to spray it everywhere, but yeah. Right. I, uh, I want to just... I've done it before on a big win. Like I just had a bottle of champagne at the house and I just went outside and sprayed it around. Once in my life, I would like to get 20 people and just tubs of beer and champagne and plastic off a room and just go crazy for 20 minutes just to see what it's like. I bet we could do that someday if like if tech is in the finals in Omaha or like playing for a Big 12 championship of football. Yeah. That's a that's a bucket list thing for me. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, a couple more here. Start bench cut, Big 12 alignment. We still need to get into that. It We're an hour and 25 in. We don't have to do all of this tonight, but game's over, so what does it matter? Um, pods, protected games, divisions, start bench cut. And really, that's the last. That's the last question. So we can just get into it here. I'll go in that order: pods, protected rivalries, and then divisions. When you're a conference geographically set up the way you are, I don't think divisions really makes any sense, especially not north south. Maybe you can make east west work, but so many of the teams, the hateful eight, are so stacked on top of each other. Uh, somebody would be east and west that are like right next to each other, and it would not make sense. So I'm in favor of pods. And by the way, we're getting the schedule released tomorrow. By the time people are listening to this, probably today, uh, Wednesday. Well, I, I should rephrase. We don't get the schedule. We get the schedule format, I think was how it was reported by Max Olson at the athletic. Right. Um, so I don't think it'll be like, Hey, here's the nine teams that tech plays, but it'll be like an announcement of the pods or the protected rivalries or however they're going to do this. I would like to see four pods of four uh, out West BYU and Utah together, Arizona, Arizona state together. I'd like to see an old big eight pod that consists of Iowa state, Kansas, Kansas state and Colorado. I'd like to see a pod of old big 12 South members plus TCU. So Oklahoma state tech Baylor TCU. And then I'd like to see a pod of, Relative newcomers, UCF, Houston, Cincinnati, West Virginia. I think it makes sense from a rivalry standpoint, a travel standpoint, tradition standpoint, time zone standpoint. And what I would do is obviously you play all three in your division or your pod every year in football, and you play two from each of the other three pods. So you would play every team in the conference, just like the old Big 12 days with divisions. You would play everybody in Lubbock once every four years, everybody away from Lubbock once every four years on a like two, 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 two kind of schedule. So in practice, you would get Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU every year. And then you would get either Kansas and Iowa State or Kansas State, Colorado from that pod. You would get Utah and Arizona or BYU and Arizona State from that pod. You would get UCF and Cincinnati or West Virginia and Houston from that pod. And then 
you play those same teams the following year, but you just flip home and away. Yes. Then the next year you play the opposite two from that same pod home and away. So that's how I'd like to do it. It makes so much more sense than what the SEC does with divisions where you don't play a team for four years or, or like seven, like it's been seven years since Georgia played somebody in the West. Um, yeah, I, I want pods. I want to play everybody and I want to play them all every other year. Yeah. And it's, um, I do think travel is like, yeah, going from Salt Lake City to Orlando is kind of crazy. Like you probably only want to do that once every four years. Um, so doing the regional pods means three teams that you play in your neighborhood, you know, every now and then the lone exception would be Houston going out East, but they're as far East as you can get in Texas for the most part and should have very easy direct travel to Cincinnati and Orlando. So kind of is what it is. Uh, the, the alternative, if you put Houston with, Baylor, TCU, and Tech, which would also make sense in a vacuum. You're putting Iowa State. Um, it would, what you're probably doing at that point is putting Colorado, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State in a pod of four. And then you're putting Iowa State in the eastern pod with Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF. That makes no sense. Yeah. Like Houston is a better fit for those three schools than Iowa State is. So that's yeah. really what it comes down to. Um, Houston, I mean, they legitimately have – a little bit of history now from the American days with Cincinnati and UCF. Um, so that's what I'm hoping they announce it. I'm worried because in my mind, that makes so much sense. I, and your mark is such an out of the box thinker that I, I'm worried we might have. And I guess protected rivalries is sort of a variation of that. So we'll see. I really don't want to lose Baylor, Oklahoma state or TCU as a protected rival. Um, and have any of those three replaced by Houston. Now, if they devise some plan where everybody gets four protected rivals, then I'm fine with Houston being the fourth. I would probably rather see Arizona, but I'm not going to freak out one way or the other. So we'll see, but I, I like the pods idea. I do too. I think that makes the most sense. And like you just said, that might make too much sense for the big 12 and we've been beaten down and, broken by Bob Bullsby leadership that we kind of don't trust that they'll do the right thing, but hopefully they will. Uh, man, the from, Rangers are one win away. I can't believe it. That is amazing. Let's go. Uh, it would be good too, in terms of trying to get into those later windows. If you have, yes. you'd have five teams in the, either the mountain or Western time zone, depending on daylight savings time in Arizona, that whole deal is weird. But if you had like assured interpod stuff, you would have schools from the central time zone or the eastern time zone constantly going west. And hopefully if you're smart about how you schedule stuff, you can get like at the very least a like a 10 eastern kickoff. It would be eight mountain time. Like if uh, if yeah. Cincinnati's going to Colorado or West Virginia's going to BYU, something like that. Is it interpod or intrapod? I think this is one of those things that has, uh, language has been so bastardized by our society that inter is used. So from my understanding, maybe I'm an idiot. Intra means within something. So like an, an intra squad scrimmage is when you play yourself. Inter means between two things. So like an interstate goes from one state to another. So interpod to me, like interleague play in Major League Baseball is one pod or one league. That's playing right. intra league is playing another American league team, but people say inter squad scrimmage 
when somebody is scrimmaging themselves in my, right. like, to me, that's like, irregardless, it doesn't make any sense, but it's used so often, or I, I could care less. You're saying the opposite of what you mean to say, but people just, you know, sorry, many grammar knots either. That's okay. I didn't mean to rant about it like I did, uh, but it does bother me okay. with people. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we have 90 minutes of us. Um, I think the scheduling thing coming out tomorrow, we can certainly discuss that more. I'll be on the frog pod, frog squad pod tomorrow with uh, Melissa. You'll be on uh, Lupton beers. Maybe they, uh, we had a miscommunication about scheduling around the world series and I haven't heard back. I would like to, if they'll still find a time for me, but yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, the, the frog pod on the Republic of football feed with uh, us and uh, the often referenced Evan a bear, but is that what you called him earlier? Yeah. I thought it was Herbert. Nope. A bear. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. I should have known that as a, a fellow Frenchman, but I thought it was Herbert. I am like 90% sure it's a bear. How's it spelt? Because I, I thought it was. It's spelled like Justin Herbert, but without the R. Okay. <laughs> I I, uh, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, we're a part of another podcast network, Staking the Plains. Hey, shout out. Shout out to them. Yeah, getting some pub. Seeing Scarlet, they're like in year one. So, I mean, they're like a baby chicken and crushing it. Um, they got a write up today. They talk about everything, but I where they're really, you know, earning their stripes and getting a lot of credit that they very much deserve is coverage of the women's sports at Texas Tech. And of course, timing couldn't be better with the soccer season we're having. Um, and really, to a maybe slightly lesser extent, the women's basketball program back in the spring. But yeah, a uh, cool little profile on the Daily Torridor on like how they got started and the work they're doing. So check that out. It's on Twitter. And, um, Daily Torridor is free to read and everything. So that was cool to see. Yeah, I enjoyed the write-up. Yeah, proud of them. Proud of the uh, 23 personnel. Red Raider dugout, it, it's the offseason. But I think pretty soon we'll have some intra-squad baseball scrimmages to report on and um, always a lot of excitement around the baseball program. They seemingly just kind of reload. And so hopefully Keith will have some stuff soon on maybe what to expect from the baseball team. And uh, yeah, really proud to be affiliated with all three of those other content creators and uh, podcasts slash websites. Big fan of the red black scrimmage. Do you know what the LCU scrimmage is called every year? Baseball in the fall? Would it be the blue and white? The ducks and skunks. Would not have guessed that. Yeah, ducks and skunks. I saw a young man in my neighborhood today for Halloween in a skunk costume. I respected that. Go skunks. Uh, have you ever heard the, the joke about the two skunk brothers? Hmm. In and out? Yeah, I don't know that I could remember it well enough to tell it, but the punchline is, how did you find in instincts? That's how you found him because in stinks, he's a skunk. Gotcha. That's the punchline. I don't 
it's a long joke that you have to go yeah about finding a skunk but they uh they said you sound like an owl who that's been going around that's that's a pretty good one am i late to that yeah that's been uh, going around on tiktok i'm gonna try it on some people at the office tomorrow yeah yeah they they uh said you sound like an owl (laughs) pretty good uh pretty good responses there on uh on the TikTok, those are those are funny. Yeah, most people get it pretty quick. They said you sound like that. I d- I did that one to my dad recently, and he he didn't he he fell for it, but he it took him a long time because he didn't. Yeah. He said they sound they said I sound like a what? It's <laughs> like if you don't say it right, like if you don't get the who right off yeah. the bat, all ruined. So you just kind of have to say it again. Like they sound like they what? So like you didn't hear me. I need to try it on, you know, the generation of people that maybe are not as likely to be on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's him. Oh, man. Texas Rangers. Kyle, one went away. We did it, man. I've waited my whole life for this. Of course, you know, when has that gone wrong for the Rangers to be one away from something? You said it, not me. Andy. You want to just like lightning round some picks real quick? Oh, yeah. We hadn't even done the picks. Did we get all our ad reads in? I think we did. Uh, Matador Transit Mailbag, right? The Matador Transit Mailbag? I don't think we said that, actually. Well, now you know it's the Matador Transit Mailbag. Love those guys. I do love those guys. Do you want me to pull up the picks? Yeah. Sorry. I didn't understand what you meant. It looked like you were looking at your phone. I am. I'm I'm getting my final thoughts ready. I've got them right here, though. I can do them. Uh, Thursday night, we'll do that one last. Uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday, Kansas State at Texas. This is a top 25 matchup. Uh, Texas minus four. Emotional hedge. Texas minus four. Yeah. Give me, I mean, give me Kansas State, but I agree. Uh, Bedlam, the final Bedlam ever. Hopefully not, but maybe. On ABC, Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma minus five and a half. Or if you ask Chuck, plus five and a half. That feels like bait. It really feels like they want you to take Oklahoma at five and a half. It's like the opposite of a hook. Like if it was seven and a half, they'd be baiting you to take Oklahoma State. Might be wishful thinking. Opposite of an emotional hedge. Go Pokes. I think Dylan Gabriel's hurt based on how they used him last week. I think Ollie Gordon should touch the ball 35 times in this game. Yeah. Go Pokes. And Alan Bowman with some success in pieces against Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Houston Baylor, the battle for the bottom of the Big 12, uh, except for maybe Texas Tech's down there too. And Cincinnati, but we'll talk about them in a second. Bottom for the bottom of the Big 12 on ESPN Plus, Baylor minus four. Uh, gosh, I feel so wrong to pick either of these teams. I took Houston plus 17 last week, by the way. It didn't work. Uh, Baylor has to win and cover at home eventually, right? Maybe, maybe not. Are you saying they're due? They're due. Yeah, Bears minus four. Okay, I'll take Houston again. 
Uh, Donovan owes them. UCF Cincinnati minus four and a half to the road team. This is like the first line that is disrespectful to Cincinnati. They've been given so much love by Vegas or like benefit of the doubt, and they never do anything with it. It's like, is it a do thing or are they finally just priced correctly? I, I think I'll take UCF minus four and a half, although this yeah. might finally be the week the Bearcats cover. Yeah, give me Cincinnati. In fact, Cincinnati money line. Ooh. Uh, Kansas, Iowa State. Iowa State minus two and a half at home. This is a spot for Matt Campbell. Honestly, it's a spot for Kansas, too. I'm so uneasy about that line. I'm going to actually take the Cyclones. I don't feel good about it, but I don't, I, I don't know. I agree. Uh, BY West, BYU, West Virginia in a battle for bowl eligibility. West Virginia minus 10. That's a lot, but BYU's offense stinks. Uh, give me the ears. And, man, if not for that Hail Mary, if they do win as a 10-point favorite, if not for that Hail Mary in Houston, I would say Neil Brown is, like, off the hot seat, you know, good season, all that. That would have been what their – if they beat BYU as a 10-point favorite and had they not lost on that Hail Mary, what would their Big 12 record be? Yeah. Because they beat UCF, they beat Tech, they beat TCU. They would have five Big 12 wins the first weekend of November. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. Just that pesky loss against Penn State early. And Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma State now looks better than yeah. everybody thought. So I don't know. You talked me into it, but uh, I'll still fade you. I'll go BYU for no reason. <laughs> uh, it's not like we're tracking these. Uh, Texas Tech minus three. What do you think? And can I get a score prediction? I think until this offense proves anything to me that I'm very hesitant to – lay points against a similar caliber opponent, uh, whether it's at home or not. I, I think Baron Morton will play. I don't know how, you know, is he 70%? Is he 90%? Um, even if he is 95%, like how much do you trust the play calling? How much do you trust the execution? How much do you trust if it's a close game? Like, do we have a clutch gene? I don't think we've really proven any of that. And so I think our defense has been mostly solid think we can hold them into the 20s but like can you eclipse 27 or 28 i don't feel confident in that at all so um do you have the total in front of you i don't think so but let me look i'm inclined to say something like tcu 30 texas tech 27 59 and a half okay so i'll go snug under there don't don't really feel great about the total but i guess that's where my score prediction landed. Yeah, I'll say 30 to 27 TCU. So we keep doing this. Uh, you'll say a score, and then I'll say one slightly above you. Um, in my mind, I'm going to tell you how I played it out. I said 24-17, and I thought to myself, 
I feel like this is going to go higher with Morton and this defense that has been good. Uh, you're allowing like eight points a game in Big 12 play second halves. Uh, you've been very good. It took a defensive touchdown for BYU to score what they scored. Um, but I'm going to stick with 24-17. My second thought was 31-28, but that's just too close to you, and I, I don't like being close to you like that. Uh, week after week, we get on here, and you say your score first, and then I have to say my score that's very close to yours. So I'm just going to stick to 24-17. I'm really worried also if you lose this game as a favorite. It will have been your, let's see, Wyoming, TCU, West Virginia, BYU. I don't think I'm missing one. It'll be your fourth loss straight up as a favorite. Um, it's complete opposite of what happened last year. I think you won four games as an underdog last year. So uh, could be bad. Um what else was like? Oh, let me ask you this. Do you think our run defense or our pass defense is better, pound for pound? Run defense. I agree. And TCU runs the ball less than just about anybody in the country. I think they're 112th nationally in run share. So a good game for the pass rush to step up like they did once against Baylor and never besides that be a good game to force some turnovers which we've not done they're going to go to the air they're going to give you opportunities so like Malik Dunlap Adrian Taylor Demerson they can get their hands on a couple passes in the secondary if Steve Linton Miles Cole Joseph Adatere guys like that can get home that's a recipe for success but like you have no track record of doing that this year which is what makes me. Yeah, keys to the game are basically things you've not done all year that you need to do and do them with consistency. Yeah. And then I think you might be favored against UCF when they come to Lubbock, and that's going to be another not easy game. Like, let's just play out worst-case scenario. What if you lose six games as a favorite this year? That could happen. If you lose this weekend – Kansas will probably be favored. Yeah. Even if they lose this weekend. And then Texas will obviously be favored regardless of what happens. Um, yeah, that's that's that would be tough. That was like a whole part of my if you remember preseason, my thinking on like, yeah, nine wins is feasible because like you could be favored in ten of these twelve games. Like I thought by the time you got to Waco, that one would flip or be a toss up and it was. Your favorite at home against Kansas State, TCU, viewed those as kind of toss-up games. Uh, you lost one of those. We'll see what happens on the next one. Road favorites, thought Morgantown and Provo were good opportunities. The market agreed. You didn't get it done. So, like, that, that, I think that's maybe one of the more frustrating things is, like, I always try to anchor expectations to Vegas odds. And I remember thinking in those terms, I was like, okay, let's say, even if it doesn't quite shake out that way, let's say your favorite in nine, dogs in three. You don't necessarily win all the ones you're favored, but you don't necessarily lose all the ones your dogs. Like, what if you go one and two as a dog and you win seven or eight of the nine that you're favored in? It's how you get to a good season. And, like, they had Oregon on the ropes, blew it, lost as a 13-point favorite in Laramie. And uh, it's just been frustrating from that standpoint because it's not like you're a 10-point underdog who's 
not pulling off upsets. Like you're the favorite team. The market is expecting you to win more often than not, and you're blowing it. So it's frustrating. All right, final thoughts. He who does not take the test will fail. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah, a lot of people think that Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott said that, but actually it's a Norwegian proverb. It is. It is one hour, 48 minutes in. The proverb's on the books. The TCU talk is done. Let's get out of here. Oh, one more thing. If you're a Patreon subscriber, hang on, drop my wedding ring. Uh-oh. Uh, got it. If you're a Patreon subscriber, we offered up some tickets as part of a ticket giveaway. So if you missed that earlier, DM me in the uh, Discord if you're in there or message me on Patreon. If you're not and you want a shot at some tickets to the game on Thursday, join us, patreon.com slash gamblinggauchos, $5 a month. You get access to bonus content, the number one Texas Tech fan Discord server, and uh, ticket giveaway opportunities, apparently. So, new perks every week. And that is all I have after 109 minutes. All right. Go Rangers. Love y'all.